Smells like football, baby. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, Kyle August. Check me out on Twitter, at KyleMonth8, and appreciate you, as always, checking out today's show. Whether you're watching on YouTube, of course, the Dynasty Warzone Network YouTube channel, so you can check out all of our shows. Five shows this week, so plenty of content for you guys. If you missed anything earlier this week, Rookie Rundown, Dynasty Warzone, Memphis and Jerry, they dropped the first one-round rookie mock drafts that was a ton of fun enjoyed listening to those guys co-own that team so it's a little bit different uh so if you missed anything from this week's uh slate so far be sure to go check that out on today's smackdown we're going to be talking about my early rankings post free agency so i did a top 10 show about a month ago now that free agency's kind of settled down a bit a lot of the heavy hitters have you know been traded unretired you know uh signed to teams, some guys just returning to their previous situations from 2021. I'm going to take a look at my top 15 quarterbacks today and my top 24 running backs post free agency rankings for 2022. This is redraft. So take this for what you will. If you're a dynasty player out there, adjust accordingly. But uh, next week, going to be covering wide receivers and tight ends. So looking forward to that show as well. So as always, make sure you're subscribed. If you're liking what you hear, rate and review the show, wherever you listen to this, Spotify, uh, has added ratings to their platform recently. So that's a great way to help support this show. Uh, as I'm pulling this up, again, uh, we are a year-round podcast. So if you're just checking this out for the first time and you're you're looking for uh, more podcasts as some are going into hibernation mode, we don't do that here on the War on the Warzone Network. We're bringing you content every single week. So this week, five episodes, like I mentioned, uh, across uh, everybody here. So it's been, a, it's been fun. So hopefully keep this thing rolling. Let's dive right into it. It's going to be a, a quick hitting show. So uh, I've, as always, hit me up if you have any uh, takes of your own, if you disagree with me on anything. But these are redraft rankings 2022. Quarterbacks, running backs, here we go. Number one is Josh Allen. Uh, that hasn't changed. He was QB1 for me about a month ago. His weapon's pretty much intact, obviously. They added O.J. Howard there at the tight end position. Uh, and that was about it. Uh, it's been pretty status quo for Buffalo, and that's all you need to know. Josh Allen. Huge passing numbers the last two years, uh, and the rushing has obviously always been there. The difference, though, with the free agency impact is that he is in a tier of his own. Josh Allen, for me, is the only quarterback in Tier 1. He's he's safely above everybody else, and as everybody knows, with quarterbacks, it's not that this guy is for sure locked and loaded. He's Tier 1, number 1 QB, going to finish there. I think he is the safest option out of all the quarterbacks as well. Sometimes the guys you have ranked number one, maybe finish second, third, fourth, whatever. But I think with Josh Allen, he's your best bet at quarterback. If you're going to pay up early for a quarterback, this is the one that I would do it on uh, in one QB leagues. And obviously with Superflex, again, he's just a tier amongst himself. Uh, one of those quarterbacks that dropped out of that tier, dropped all the way into tier three. So before we get to him, let's get into my tier two quarterbacks. Number two for me is Lamar Jackson. Uh, coming off a down year, dealing with some injuries. He's a, you know, a couple of years removed for that MVP season, but his rushing is just out of control. Still has 11 rushing attempts per game. His passing attempts have been fine uh, and actually saw an uptick last year from around 26 to 27 the previous years up to 32 pass attempts in 2021. So his weapons, another year of Bateman. We saw Hollywood Brown come into his own just a little bit early on, kind of faded, but still just good weapons all around for Lamar. 
So I like his prospects for 2022, and he's my QB2 right now. Uh, he moves up from number three. All of these guys kind of moved up a slot. Uh, previously, he was my QB4, but now slots in at QB3, and that's Kyler Murray. Uh, his Instagram, it's all good, people. That had nothing to do with the Cardinals. So uh, the drama queen that is Kyler Murray, uh, all five foot six of him comes in at number three in my QB rankings. Uh, we saw a little bit of downturn in the rushing a little bit in 2021. Only had three of his 14 games, more than 45 rushing yards, but it's still there. Um, and so while we saw a decrease there, I still think the upside is there with Kyler Murray. So to have a guy at two and three in my rankings at quarterback, he needs to have that supreme rushing ability. Uh, and that's what these two guys have, obviously. Joining him in tier two, moving up one slot as the QB four in my rankings is Justin Herbert. Second in pass attempts last year with over 670. And one of only two quarterbacks with 5,000 passing yards. His weapons remain intact as well. They added Gerald Everett at the tight end position, which, if anything, is just a lateral move from uh, the thousand-year-old Jared Cook. But they brought back Mike Williams. So I like the fact you still got Allen and Williams. Eckler's obviously there as well. And the young guys behind him, like Palmer. Uh, and then we have, uh, you know, decent tight end play there. Enough to prop up Justin Herbert, who should be throwing the ball a ton again in 2022 as his situation, including coaching, stays status quo. Number five on this list and new to the top 10 overall. I did not rank this man previously because he wasn't supposed to play football anymore. But we're, I'm ranking on Jared Cook for being old. He, uh, This man has 10 years on Jared Cook. Tom Brady, 40 plus, we know, was not ranked in my previous rankings, but the dude did it all at the quarterback position last year. Uh, first in attempts, over 5,000 in yards with Justin Herbert, first in touchdowns. Uh, you got to expect big things out of Tom Brady. I know going from Antonio Brown, if you take out the crazy factor, to Russell Gage is a downturn as far as that talent level. And you have Chris Godwin coming back from the ACL injury. But I think there's enough still around Tom Brady, if you could consider Godwin, should be good to go. If, if Even if he starts on the pup, you'll get at least two-thirds of a season out of Godwin. Gage is still completely usable at that position. I expect Gronk to be back as well. And you still have Mike Evans. Uh, and then they brought back Leonard Fournette. So I think Tom Brady is going to be up there again, leading the league in passing attempts. So that should lead to fancy production. And he is my last quarterback in tier two, slotting in at QB five. All right, here we go. Tier three. This is six quarterbacks in this dropping from number two in my rankings about a month ago to number six is Patrick Mahomes. Of course, really safe. When you look at the last couple of years, 37, 38 touchdowns, uh, you know, it doesn't have the rushing that Lamar or Murray do, but he was QB2 before because of the extreme upside due to the weapons. Adding Juju, I'm a Juju Smith-Schuster fan. I'm good with that. He's a solid weapon. He's no Tyreek Hill. And as of recording this, they have not replaced that man, and I don't know how you do. They have the first-round picks now, so they hope, hopefully they go out and sign or and draft some young talent at the receiver position. But replacing or attempting to replace Tyreek Hill's production with MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster is not a recipe for fantasy glory, in my opinion. So while I still have Patrick Holmes as QB6, he's at the top of this tier. Again, he's in this tier now. So I don't think he has an edge over the rest of these quarterbacks I'm going to run through here in just a moment. So for me, Patrick Mahomes, if you're in Dynasty and you can get him now cheaper, go, go right for it. I, I think this guy's obviously in a good spot paired with Andy Reid. Still has Travis Kelsey, but losing Tyreek Hill is a big, big loss, in my opinion, uh, and a few of these guys that lost big weapons, they dropped in my rankings. And Patrick Mahomes is one of them. Uh, dropping one spot, 
because he was leapfrogged by Tom Brady. So staying right about where he was at is Dak Prescott. Uh, I don't think he's really near that Brady Herbert tier. Losing Amari Cooper is is real. Now, bringing back Michael Gallup and Schultz, uh, and and hopefully, for my sake as a Cowboys fan, I hope they add some talent in round one or round two at the receiver position. I, I still think Dak has been extremely consistent. He had a career-high 37 passing touchdowns last year. Um, but uh, he's he's pretty much always been in that top 10 amongst quarterbacks. That defense has improved, though. So that capped a little bit of the upside I saw from Dak Prescott heading into last year as an example where he was a top five quarterback for me, no doubt. I think Prescott's just a safe option. It's going to get you 30-plus touchdowns uh, and not let you down with still having enough talent around him. But again, I hope they add just a little bit more and feel a little bit more secure about having him at QB7, uh, maybe jumping him up into that at the back end of that tier maybe or even the top of this tier. But QB7, Nick Prescott dropping one spot. This man stayed right where he was, QB8, and this is purely a – a glory play if there ever was one. We saw what the production was last year from Jalen Hurts. Only four games over 240 passing yards, but the 10 rushing touchdowns, 55 or more rushing yards in eight of his 15 games. This guy's rushing will make him a solid fantasy play for you and a top 10 quarterback, despite obviously not having the passing upside of some of these other quarterbacks I'm going to mention here in a moment. So I still like Jalen Hurts uh, from a fantasy perspective. We'll see whether his dynasty clock is ticking, but for 2020, I'm good with Jalen Hurts as a top 10 QB based off the rushing upside. The last three quarterbacks in this tier three, uh, we have Matthew Stafford, uh, second in the league with 41 passing touchdowns last year, threw a ton of picks though, um, and didn't have those huge games. But with uh, adding Allen Robinson, despite losing Robert Woods uh, to this offense, I still think his weapons are solid around him. This is an offense that's going to move the ball, clearly. Uh, so he stays right at QB9 for me. Uh, entering the top 10 after not being ranked in the top 10 in my initial rankings for 2022 is Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos. Some of the best weapons in the league. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick, who should be forgotten. Now they lose Noah fan. Albert O is still there. And a young stud running back. I'm not quite sure that it gets any better for Russell Wilson. Now, the defense is still pretty good. So is he in that deck Prescott range as far as a good quarterback with an obviously supreme weapons in Russell Wilson's case. We've seen Russ do this before, 30-plus touchdowns for the past seven years before last season um, due to the injury. So the rushing hasn't necessarily been there for Russ over the last few years, so I think he's a little bit capped. But I think him and Prescott are pretty close. That's why they're in this tier together and just separated by just a few spots. But I'm back in on Russell Wilson's fantasy upside. And, in fact, if anybody on in this tier might move up, it's probably going to be Russ. Um, but uh, I, I like his prospects for 2022. And rounding out tier three is the young phenom, everybody's favorite, Joe Cool, Joe Burrow. Uh, drops one spot because he gets leapfrogged by Russell Wilson um, from my rankings last year. Goes from 10 to 11, but he's still in this tier three uh, from Mahomes at six all the way down to Burrow at 11. Burrow was QB 10 in points per game, had the 34 touchdowns, really solid year. And similar to Russell Wilson, has elite weapons when you talk about Chase Higgins and Boyd. So he was very similar when you look at him and Matthew Stafford uh, last year. I think they can do that again. Um, similar to Wilson, no, I think Burrow's upside could maybe be a little bit more to hurdle him over Hertz or Stafford as I continue to tweak these rankings for 2022. But for right now, um, that's my tier three. Mahomes at six, Prescott, Hertz, Stafford, Russ, Wilson, and Joe Burrow. Rounding out the top 15, this is a tier right now of four. 
just missing this. I, I have guys like Ryan Tannehill who added Robert Woods. Deshaun Watson's obviously the big question mark waiting for his suspension before I rank him uh, more accurately. Uh, Justin Fields, hoping that rushing outside is there, and maybe even Trevor Lawrence uh, based off of the volume that we saw last year, maybe having that again in 2022. But here's the guys that came in at 12 through 15 in my tier four at QB. And this quarterback dropped five spots in my rankings and could drop even further. I'm kind of banking on some added talent around him in the draft, and that is Aaron Rodgers. We saw his touchdown numbers drop from 48 touchdowns to 37 last year. The lack of interceptions, though, was extremely helpful. But losing Devontae Adams is huge. It's absolutely huge. So right now he's slotted in at QB 12. I could see him you know, dropping down maybe even a couple more slots if they don't add a significant piece or two in the draft to this offense. Uh, Rodgers will be extremely efficient based off what he has, but without Adams, I just don't see 37 touchdown upside with him. I think he's going to be floating more around that 28, maybe. Uh, and that's a nine touchdown drop. That's pretty significant. So he was, he was only QB six in points per game last year uh, with Adams. So seeing him take a six slot tumble from that, uh, I think it's realistic, if not more, uh, a spot or two. Number 13 is Derek Carr, who acquires Devontae Adams. Uh, really good weapons around Carr when you factor in, obviously, Adams. Uh, but then Waller and Renfro and Josh McDaniels coming into town. So for me, Derek Carr, QB 13, should be solid. He was QB 19 in points per game in 2021. Uh, so those passing touchdowns uh, weren't over the top. But I think he's getting at least a four or five touchdown bump uh, from just having Adams there and McDaniels. So I think he can approach that 30 touchdown range and give you just a solid high-end QB 2 numbers. Number 14 on this list is Mr. Vanilla himself, QB 12 in points per game with 37 touchdowns last season. Two great weapons. Uh, it's Kirk Cousins in, with the Minnesota Vikings. I think Cousins is just, we know what he is. He's just going to be a solid. You can plug him in pretty much every single week. Uh, I know he's going to produce fine numbers for you, but he's never going to be a top five quarterback. Um, so that's a guy that you could target if you don't want to pay up for the hype machines that are Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford even. Uh, so I got Kirk Cousins at QB 14 and at QB 15 right now, again, ahead of that kind of group that just missed. I currently have Trey Lance. Now, Rodgers and Lance in this tier have a lot to be to be determined uh, with Lance. It doesn't really sound like they're going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo because where are you going to be able to send this man to? Uh, a lot of the doors are closing up. We still have the draft, so maybe he gets moved on draft day. But if Jimmy G's in town, I still think there's a non-zero chance that he's just going to remain the starter. Uh, now, San Francisco threw out around a bunch of we don't want to stunt his growth uh, propaganda at the coaches at the uh, at the coaches meeting. But this last week, so Shanahan knows that this is their future. Are they going to invest in him in 2022 as the starter? Time will tell. But due to the rushing ability um, and being in the Shanahan offense, I currently have him as QB 15. But again, Fields, Tannehill, Lawrence and Watson are all going to be candidates to potentially leapfrog him. Um, in some order there. So he's hanging on at QB 15. Let's move on to the running back position. Not as much movement here, but a couple of new guys added to the top 10 uh, and due to free agency and trades. Uh, the top of the board, though, stays the same. Uh, the top four for me, Jonathan Taylor uh, and Derrick Henry by themselves, they are in a tier. I think these are two guys that you should be definitely spending the 101, 102 on in your redraft leagues uh, just due to the difference that they make at the position. Four and five are the pass catchers, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey. You got to bet on CMC just a bit. 
you know, RB five and points per game in his seven games only had the two touchdowns. The dude, when he's on the field is amazing. It's just, you got to risk it with him as far as the injury history in the last two years. But if he's out there for the majority of games, he's definitely uh, in that tier one of running backs. You can get him at three, four, maybe even later in your draft at the running back position. RB five remains as Najee Harris second in attempts last year and first in receptions, 1600 yards as a rook with just 10 touchdowns. This kid is an absolute beast. Uh, and should see improved quarterback play no matter who they put out there, as long as his name isn't Mason Rudolph. Uh, cute uh, running back six for me was is still Joe Mixon. Third in attempts last year with just under 300, 1,200 rushing yards, 13 touchdowns. The reception totals under 45, but I think with Mixon being in this offense and how well they were moving the ball last year, I expect him to, to replicate a really solid fantasy season, so I'm keeping him as RB6. A running back that I initially moved down right after, after doing my initial top 10 a month ago, but kind of slid back up and he stays right here, moved up one spot. It's Alan Kamara, pending suspension clearly. Uh, he had 50 more rushing attempts in two less games when you compare his 2021 numbers to the previous season. Uh, but rushing touchdowns took a huge hit. The receptions, uh, almost half of his uh, average with Drew Brees. But Jameis Winston resigned to this team. They brought in Andy Dalton this week as the backup and said that the Taysom Hill experience experience is over. He's moving to tight end. I love this for Kamara. Does he get to 80, 81 catches like he did with Drew Brees? No. But if he can get back to that 65, 70 range, that's solid enough. Uh, On a points per game basis, I think he could be, he's going to be a top eight running back. We just have to keep an eye on the suspension and how long you're willing to be without Alan Kamara. If he's a first or second round pick for you on draft day. RB8, new to the top 10, based off him re-signing in Tampa Bay for me is Leonard Fournette. RB4 in points per game in PPR. He was on receptions per game. He was second behind Christian McCaffrey. The dude was putting up so many receptions uh, in that Tampa Bay offense. Now, as my boy Dallas mentioned, uh, I believe it was last week on this show, and we talked about Fournette, uh, that offensive line is a concern in Tampa Bay. They've lost quite a bit there. So does the rushing production slip a bit for Fournette? Potentially. But I do think that the receptions should keep him inside the top 10. And the touchdown upside should also keep him in the top 10. Rojo's in Kansas City. I expect them to add another back to this backfield through the draft or maybe even in a free agency still with a couple guys still out there. But for me, Leonard Fournette has a ton of upside just as much as Joe Mixon, Alan Kamari. He's in that tier for me. Uh, The tier's... Uh, as we're sitting here through eight running backs, JT and, and Derrick Henry by themselves. Uh, Eckler, McCaffrey, and Harris are together. And then Mixon, Kamara, Fournette. Uh, and then these two running backs are in this tier as well. Coming in at RB9, also new to the top 10. Based off recording this on March 30th, uh, Melvin Gordon's not back in, in Denver yet. They will add a body, so do not let that impact uh, your take on Javante Williams. As long as it's not Melvin Gordon, I am all in on Javante Williams. Your boy Memphis has been telling you about this guy for a while now. Really solid numbers, over 200 touches uh, on the ground last year. Plenty of receptions as well on a split 50-50 backfield with Melvin Gordon. This offense should be moving the ball. So I like Javante Williams quite a bit. Because his situation is a little bit more secure, uh, I do have him one spot above another guy that I really love if he gets full opportunity. And we're all going to see him on hard knocks. DeAndre Swift, uh, Detroit Lions going to be on hard knocks this year, so prepare the hype train. Swift was RB10 in points per game, 
five of his 13 games, he had eight or less carries. It's just craziness, man. Uh, but as far as receptions go, he was third in receptions per game behind Leonard Fournette, an 81 reception pace for DeAndre Swift. I think big things ahead for him. So he's in this tier with Mixon, Kamara, Fournette, Javante, and then DeAndre Swift wrapping up the top 10 in that tier of running back. Dropping a couple slots in my in my rankings, two slots uh, from 9 to 11 is Dalvin Cook. We saw the touchdown numbers go down quite a bit in 2021. The receptions also only 34 receptions in 13 games. Not good enough for me. I think when you look at Kamara, Fournette, Williams, and Swift, those guys should all be putting up more, more catches than what Dalvin Cook did last year. Uh, and for me, uh, that's, that's going to drop him out of that tier. Still in the top 12 but at RB11. RB12 is Nick Chubb, also a guy who doesn't catch a lot of passes, uh, but no less than eight touchdowns in his four seasons. And I think with uh, Deshaun Watson under center, I think that should just be an improvement all the way around for this offense, more touchdown opportunity for Nick Chubb. He comes in at RB12 for me. RB13 is Josh Jacobs, career-high 54 receptions last year, still young in an offense that I expect to move the ball a ton. Uh, We'll see if McDaniels utilizes maybe a more uh, a pass catcher uh, versus use it, keeping Jacobs on the field. But I think if we can receive that 50 plus reception total again from Jacobs, I expect the touchdowns to come up just a bit. And I like big things out of Josh Jacobs in 2022 in this Raiders offense coming in at number 14. Uh, also a new free agent assignee, but returning to his prior team is James Conner. Now, there is a tear break after Josh Jacobs for me. I like James Conner. I like the opportunity he's going to get. He had 18 total touchdowns last year. That's huge. Running back nine in points per game. But if those touchdowns evaporate just a bit, I would be afraid. When you look at somebody like Najee Harris, as an example, who had just the 10 total touchdowns, all the rest of his production, the catches, the yardage, really kind of keeps him safe where if the touchdowns hit, he has upside. For me, James Conner, as RB9 last year, that's his upside. Uh, so I have him here at 14, solid player. They're going to add another body in the draft. There's no way they're going in with just James Conner after they let Chase Edmonds walk. So I think Conner's going to have a backfield mate there, but I expect him to put up a really solid season. He's a high-end RB2 for me. Uh, another guy that, this is a guy that no one will want to draft, but he was RB15 last year. 42 receptions in 13 games. It was nice to see him involved in the passing game as well and just continues to get a ton of work. And heading into a contract year, there is no reason that Chicago Bears should not Drill Dave Montgomery into the ground, give this guy a ton of work, and hopefully get this offense moving just a bit more. I think his upside's a little bit capped. This is probably a little bit of a safety play compared to the next two guys on this list for me. But Dave Montgomery is just a really solid. He's going to finish in his RB2. Uh, and if the reception totals are still there after seeing them utilize him more in that part of the game uh, in the offense, I, I like David Montgomery as a solid RB2 option. Number 16 on this list. I think this guy has a ton of upside. Uh, coming back from the Achilles injury before anyone expected, I would just throw out the, the fact of what those actual results looked like in the NFL playoffs for Cam Akers and focus on the fact that he was back on the field. That's a big deal. Whoever is behind Matt Stafford or next to him in that Rams offense has top 12 upside, no doubt. And Cam Akers, I still think, is the lead dog there. There's potential for me to bump him up, obviously, here. All these things are subject to change. But I think Akers is still extremely talented. I love the fact that he came back so early uh, and made it through. And whichever Rams running back is plugged in is going to have a ton of upside. We've seen that over the course of time. And Akers can get it done in the passing game as well. He's not a one-dimensional guy. Uh, tons of upside there in that Rams backfield. So I have Cam Akers at RB16. 
couple of the old guard here at 17 and 18. I'm not convinced that Saquon Barkley is completely washed. I'm extremely concerned as far as how he was used last at the end of last season when Booker was on the field a ton. But with a new regime coming in, I think Barkley has a ton of upside and a guy that I want to dig into a lot more. Honestly, I had him on the list. I just wasn't, I had him off the list, was trying to figure out where to plug him in and just just where he fell. Um, I wish I had more better analysis for you at this time at the end of April or March, sorry. But I think Barkley is just a guy that you got to count on the talent. You got to account for the fact that he's an all around back. Uh, and if you want to take a shot on him over Akers, Montgomery, and Connor, I'm good with it. Um, they're in that, they're all in that same tier for me. But uh, I just think you can't let this guy go any further. And Saquon Barkley, I think, is going to pe- make people a lot of money in round two this year. Uh, if he slips into round three, that's craziness. Uh, but as of right now, that's where I got Saquon slotted as a mid RB2. Following him is Aaron Jones. Now, A.J. Dillon did not make my top 24. He was right on the list. He just missed. Aaron Jones, I still think, is going to be the better back of the two, but they're going to vulture into each other quite a bit. Um, so he, this is a guy that I'm still got to do more research on, a little bit unsure of, but his his way that he can uh, play as an all-around back, his nose for the end zone, uh, is involved in the passing game. A.J. Dillon does those things as well, and we saw how this offense used Dillon down the stretch. So I am concerned about Aaron Jones. This is a guy that I expect to maybe bump down a couple more spots but I just have a little bit of uncertainty still on the rest of these running backs who wrap up the top 24. 19 is Antonio Gibson. Remember that time you didn't have J.D. McKissick on the team for like that 13 hours? That was awesome. Uh, but I think Gibson is a guy that we've seen what he is. I don't think he has the upside that a lot of people kind of picture him having. Uh, he's involved enough in the passing game, uh, but with everything kind of remaining status quo there in Washington, besides the name, uh, I think he's going to be just a solid RB2. A guy that I do think has tons of upside in the offseason has been kind to him. We talked about this guy last week. Dallas and I have both loved how this offseason has worked out so far for Michael Carter. Besides the fact that he's still in the Jets, uh, he's the only show in town right now. I do expect them to add a running back on draft day as long as it's round four or later. Lock and load. Michael Carter's a top 20 running back for me. I loved his involvement in the passing game last season when he was on the field. He was extremely productive. This offense should take a step in year two with Zach Wilson. So I like Michael Carter's upside quite a bit. Number 21, if I knew this man was locked and loaded into his role, he'd be much higher. Elijah Mitchell finished the year on fire. Uh, you no longer have Raheem Mostert in town, but this is a team that has shown they don't really give a rip what the name is on the back of that jersey there in San Francisco. They'll play whoever. So would I be surprised if a Mitchell, if Elijah Mitchell is a top eight running back at the end of the year? Hell no. Would I be surprised if he's replaced by week two by somebody we've never heard of? Sure. So Mitchell, for me, is a guy that has a ton of upside, but has a ton of risk on him as well uh, with the way that San Fran goes through running backs and also does not really utilize their running backs in the passing game a whole lot. And you have the question marks around how Trey Lance will utilize that running back for the limited amount that they do use him in the passing game. Number 22 is J.K. Dobbins. Uh, not glowing reports as far as his availability to be in camp. Uh, there was word from Harbaugh this week that maybe him and Gus Edwards May not be available there. They're going to take it slow. This is a team that saw a ton of injuries last year. So I'm not 100% concerned. I'm not shooting off flares yet that you got to get this guy off your draft board. Uh, I think he has a ton of upside lining up next to Lamar Jackson. I wish we could have seen it last year. So while the passing them, while the receiving game numbers won't be there just because of the offense he's in, I still think the rushing numbers and uh, his opportunities is going to be really, really high. So he's a guy that I, I like the upside quite a bit. Got to monitor his offseason um, as we're heading into the spring here. Number 23 and 24, two guys very similar for me, touchdown-dependent players. 
Um, the reason that I gave the edge to this guy at 23 was he was involved in the passing game a lot. Now, sometimes it would be six receptions for 16 yards uh, and a cloud of dust, but Ezekiel Elliott still makes my top 24 based off the fact that I think they will force feed him quite a bit at the goal line. Uh, and until they use Tony Pollard in the passing game more, I still think Zeke can still see that 40, 45 catches, but I just don't have a ton of faith uh, in him at this point. I don't think he belongs in the top 20. Uh, he's safely behind these guys. He's This is a tear break for me behind Carter Mitchell Dobbins. This is a tear break, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, just being the back that we know this offense will be forced to give the ball to. I'm going to put Zeke there at 23 and 24. Uh, there are definitely some guys I like. Uh, some of the just missed guys. Uh, Chase Edmonds was on this list for me. I, I like his prospects for next year. Um, Devin Singletary, Miles Sanders, uh, Travis Etienne. Like you know, going to keep an eye on some of, some of his uh, how his off seasons look and the reports coming out of there. But for now, at 24, I'm putting the touchdown monster Damian Harris. He's going to continue to be the goal line back for the New England Patriots. Does their offense change? Without Josh McDaniels, we don't know because they won't even tell us who the offensive coordinator is uh, in New England. But I think Harris will continue to be the lead dog there. We'll continue to get first opportunities at the goal line. But as we saw last year, there were times where Stevenson was getting work there as well. And they brought back James White to be the receiving back. And we saw him be extremely efficient those first couple games with Mac Jones. So I think Harris has a ton of touchdown upside. So he's got to be in your top 24. But he's in this tier with Zeke and the guys behind him, 23 down. So that's the top 24 at running backs. Hopefully you guys found this uh, entertaining uh, as we cover QBs and running backs. Next week, going to be looking at receiver rankings, going to cover at least the top 24. Maybe I'll get to 30 for you guys. Uh, and then the tight end rankings, which actually I'm extremely excited to put those together. I've already started those. And as much as I was down this position when I did my top 10 rankings about a month ago, I think there's a lot of guys here that are interesting. So I'm sure I'm going to fall into that trap. Uh, but for that, I'm, I'm Kyle August. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle month eight. Appreciate you checking out this show and all the other content here on the DWZ network. I'll be back at it next week with those wide receiver and tight end rankings. Catch you boys later.